Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You are so welcome. I want you to know that the New York Yankees are 14 games up in the American League. <laughs> I want to start right there. I'm, I mean, like, like, there's not enough else going wrong in the world, really. Yeah, they lost to the Pirates in the first game of their three-game series. Did, did and you I- see the Pirates record against like the Yankees. It's Dodgers, very funny. It's, yes, it's really funny. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Um. And then last night they won sixteen to nothing. They were up like <laughs> two to nothing after four innings. I checked, right. and I was like, oh, maybe the Pirates will pull out another game here. And then I saw on Twitter, I was like, Aaron Judge's thirtieth home run arrives in grand style, and I was like, oh brother. And that <laughs> they 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 just went bananas. I, you know, here's this is the interesting thing. I think the NBA has made me feel differently about baseball than I used to because, oh, that's interesting. yeah, because like I no longer in a moment like this, you no longer stress over uh, the regular season, right? The regular right. season race is over. The Yankees are going to win that division by somewhere between nine and twenty-five games. Absolutely, blowing everybody away. And then there's this. There will be a, this wild card race with the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the whoever, Rays. the Twins, maybe. White Sox maybe get back maybe. in. And Cleveland's playing well or decent. Right. Yeah, and so right around there. So like the NBA. You know, who the NBA has known for a long time, at least the stars and the coaches have known for a long time that like just jockey for position a little bit in the playoffs, but just get into the playoffs and then anything can happen. And this year, you know, the Celtics were road warriors in the playoffs. They they beat they beat Miami three out of four on the road in the Eastern Conference finals and they beat the Bucks on the road and they beat the Nets on the road twice and like. And, it, you know, you start to think of it not – I used to be obsessed with winning the division. Right. And in a year like this, all you you think of, like, just give us a chance, right? Just yes. give us a chance because in a, in a, in a wild-card scenario or a, even a seven-game series, there's a chance that Nick Pavetta outpitches oh, Garrett Cole. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Like, well, I would say it's even more true of baseball like if you're an eight seed in the nba you're 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 not going anywhere, unless you're right? the denver nuggets that unless one the year denver that, nuggets yeah. that one yeah but even that year i mean they didn't make it to the finals or anything they just you know they they beat the one and right and all of that so like you might like once every 20 years beat the number one seed but you're not going anywhere at the end of the day you know there's a really what would you say in the nba top 
four seeds are the ones that have a chance to win it. Yeah, top four. Right. Yeah. Baseball, I mean, baseball. Baseball. Anybody can win it. Anybody, anybody. can win it. And there is anybody. The, and also, there's those teams. Not before you even get to the playoffs. There's those teams like the Rockies in 07, who right. just for some reason get really hot in mid-August yep. and just yep. coast into all the way to the World Series. The Nationals, the year that they, the Nationals started Absolutely. terribly. The Marlins have done it a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, so you know. I don't think that is the fate of this year's Boston Red Sox. I don't, <laughs> no, they, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but but you never know. Like the, the Blue Jays, to me, are the prime example. They missed the playoffs last year by, by a game. They by were, a game, one game. They right. were tied and lost on a tiebreaker. And it is not hard to imagine a scenario where the Blue Jays turn it on in August and sail into the playoffs and just obliterate anyone, the Yankees or anybody else. Anybody else. And then, by the way, there's also, and this is how, this is the bargaining phase of, uh, of, (laughs) of dealing with trauma that I'm in right now, but... You know, the Astros pretty quietly are like five games worse than the Yankees are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they've got... And, ver- they, and they beat up they the Yankees. Beat them bit. up. They, yep. they, well, there was that wonderful four-game series where the Yankees did not lead for a single inning right. in the series but still split it, which has got to be a first. I can't imagine that's ever yeah. happened before. Yeah. But the Astros starting pitching against the Yankees and the Mets, they went their starters went like 7-2 and two with like a .79 ERA or something crazy. And so, like, the Yankees are—the division race is obviously over. Home field is most likely over. But also, it does feel to me like a year in which you don't uh, think—this is not 1998. In 1998, everybody knew the Yankees were going to win the World Series. It didn't matter who they played. It didn't matter that the the Padres were the ones who came out of the NL. It was like, it it didn't matter. They were going to win. I don't have that sense this year. I I really feel like there is a chance that, and and recently some of their pitchers who were having unbelievable first halves have regressed a little bit, right? Like Nestor Cortez yeah. has regressed a little bit in Montgomery yes. and and Jamison Tyon and all these guys who were like who were absolutely unhittable. Yes. They, it's not like they've had disaster starts, but they've looked human. And so I don't I don't care anymore about the regular season is over in that regard and now it's just a question of can anyone get hot at the right time. Even if the Yankees win 110 games, you know, which they could or more. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, I still think the odds of them winning the World Series it's not 50%, no, right? It's, it's not. Like it's 25%. It's like 25%, or which is about as good as it can be considering the, the loony you know baseball playoffs and the way they are I'll tell you the other thing that that um is going on which is none and I mean none of their important players have had injuries so far right every single one of them these guys who get injured a lot that's what I was gonna say they have a history yeah Aaron yeah. judge Stanton I think was on the IL for maybe a little bit. 10 days yeah, or something but bit. the guys who have been injury prone, they got lucky, frankly, because Chapman went down with an injury, and they played yes. a lot better when he was <laughs> when he wasn't <laughs> he really pitching because he stinks now. But they and, have and Clay Holmes is ridiculously unhittable. Yeah, and they have to they have to hope that inevitably, when they get bitten by the injury bug, that it does that it happens in July and August right. or September and not October, because there is definitely a scenario where suddenly they the, a bunch of their guys get hurt playing a pretty meaningless game on September 13th. Yeah, right. And then suddenly it's like, oh, they're not going to have Aaron Judge for the playoffs. 
that is a that that is a thing that you you want to have that injury luck early in the season and not late in the season and so far they have skated through they really have not had any serious things to deal with no they really haven't you know they lead the league in runs um they lead the league in everything but they lead the league in runs you take Aaron Judge out of that lineup and that lineup is so much different yeah it's so much less scary it just is I mean you know a hot stamp is fine Rizzo is going to hit 220 with home runs and Gallo's going to hit 160 with home runs, and you know that's basically where we are. Yeah, but it's but it's like, you know, I I mean it's funny because I I've been thinking an awful lot about the MVP in 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 baseball. Really? Yeah, because that's what I do. That's yeah. all I do is think about stupid <laughs> things like the MVP in baseball. Um, the MVP in basketball. You know, you you here's an interesting thing. You never hear or rarely hear in the NBA the argument about who's the best player regardless of what team they play on. Like, right. like the MVP in the NBA cannot be from a team that doesn't make the playoffs. No. And it's not just because of a different philosophy or whatever. It's because in the NBA, you understand if you're that great a player, your team is going to make the playoffs. Right. Like one player is good enough to get you the playoffs. Same thing in the NFL. You don't choose MVPs. Maybe O.J. Simpson was MVP the year he ran for 2,000 yards. I don't know, and they weren't very good. Otherwise, it's the quarterback of the best team almost right. always, right? right? Baseball, three of the last six years, the MVP has been uh, from the Angels. Three of the last six years, they had losing records all six of those years. right? And we, we agree with that because, I mean, I agree with that. Trout was the best player in baseball the two times he won it. Otani was the best player in, in the league last year when they won it. I agree with all those choices. Yeah. But man, it tells you one player is nothing in baseball, you know. There is a uh, uh, somebody tweeted, I can't remember who. I think today that the estimate based on WAR, the estimate of Otani's value in the last season and a half is ninety-eight million dollars. <laughs> ninety-eight million dollars. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it's ridiculous. He's so good. It's... He's so good. And he plays a different sport. You were else. you were skeptical, if I can call you out, you were skeptical that he would stick as a starting pitcher in the league when he first came up, I remember. You I you did, did not know it whether he had the 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 stuff that controlled mostly the right. control. Right. Well, and, and it was and I have to admit it was me and Brandon, we we've talked about it both yeah. that there did he have enough command? I mean, one of the things we talked about was he better off as a reliever. Right. Cuz the stuff was always so great. And the command, but man, here's the thing. I, I wrote a little bit about him the other day, and this is the thing that I think about with Otani. Last year, he won the MVP, totally deserved, mm -hmm. but he only won the MVP because he, he nobody else does what he does. Right. So he wasn't the best hitter in the league, and he wasn't close to the best pitcher in the league. But when you combine them, he was the best player. Right. right. Sure. He might end up being the best pitcher in the league this year. Yeah. You know, that's what's so crazy. I mean, he's still hitting. You know, he's still not the best hitter in the league. He's actually a little bit down from last year, although not much. But he really might end up being the best pitcher in the league. It's wild. Better. It's like it's wild. every game, it's like seven innings, three hits, no runs, 12 strikeouts. Every 12 strikeouts, game. yeah. It's crazy. It's really like, and he's, you know, he's not, in theory, hitting his prime yet. In theory, <laughs> right. his prime is a couple years down the road. It's it's incredible. And you know what else is, is wonderful about him? I mean, everything about him is wonderful. Everything is wonderful. But his home runs 
are so majestic. They're, like they're, they're so high. They're so so high. They're like they're launched by cannons into yes. the air. It's really yes. like it's it's not just that he does what he does. It's that he does it when he's hitting. His home runs are just mammoth moonshot home runs. Yes, and yes. his strikeouts are on a hundred mile an hour fastballs or ridiculous. Sort of not quite twelve to six curves, but like, right, right. but like two to two, two to seven, ten. yeah, two to seven, <laughs> yeah. Two to seven. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and with that, it just that just frees people, and it it's like it. He is the most fun kind of pitcher and the most fun kind of hitter to watch, and that yes. is just that you know we missed by one day, we missed Otani versus Sandy Alcantara. Uh, uh, yes. in, in Miami, like if they, they were, they pitched on back to back days, but what, like if you could, if, if traveling in scheduling were not a problem, like what would you pay right now to see oh, that I, pitching matchup? I would pay, yeah. I would pay a thousand dollars without well, blinking an I'd, eye. I'd pay whatever it took travel costs to get there. First yeah. of all, you know, and then you do that by the way, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but, uh, head of, of, uh, uh, metal arc media, and uh, and uh, our overlords, head uh, Dan Levitard, head goon Dan Levitard, head goon Dan Levitard, uh, wrote about Sandy Alcantara a little bit. He talked about him. He spoke out a little bit. And apparently, he be- he believes he's Cy Young. He's unbelievable, which is all true. But then, according to their tweet that they put about what he said, he said he's he's. We're talking about a guy who's as good as Bob. Gibson. Oh yes. G I P S O N. Well, that was. I think that was the DraftKings Twitter account just yes. made a typographical error. <laughs> no, but, no. I think he. I think he thinks his name is Bob Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Well, that led to one of the most joyous half hours of my life last night, which was Dan does this thing to me, which is when we talk and we and I start ranting about baseball, without telling me. Sometimes he will loop into the phone call. Tim Kirkchen. And so suddenly I find myself ranting about baseball with Tim Kirkchen on the phone. Which is awesome. Which is uh, wonderful. But yes. so Dan last night sent me and Tim Kirkchen that that tweet with, yes, with Gib- Gibson spelled, misspelled. And then it led to a half an hour of me and Dan just torturing Tim Kirkchen by going through history and and typing the names of baseball players in which we changed all the B's to P's. <laughs> That was it. That was the whole game. I mean, wow, an, inc- so it was an, incredi- Ruth? an incredible waste of time. Well, the it was uh, you can yeah you can any baseball player whose name has a B in it was changed to P. But yes. I think I I got I I cracked the code and came up with the best possible example, which was I realized I was like, there's got to be a player whose name includes both a B and a P, so I can flip oh, sure. both of them. Yeah, and I came up with uh, with Pib. Roberts for Bip for Bip Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm done. Now I'm Pib Roberts. Pib Roberts. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. Did I ever tell you my Bip Roberts story, by the way? No, I can't believe no, you have one. I'm so excited. I, I'm very excited. So back when I was a newspaper columnist in in, uh, in in Kansas City, what we used to do back in the old days is we'd write multiple versions of the column. You would write a pregame column to get to the first deadline and then you'd write a column right as soon as the game ended for the second deadline, then you would get to go, you know, get quotes or whatever and then write a third column. Sure. So it was a three column. So I was at the world series. So this was, I guess it was Cleveland 
um, and Florida in 1997, I think. Right. And I'm at the World Series, and the worst feeling in the world is right is writing a pregame column because it's like it's it totally stinks. Like you know it's gone after right. as soon as the game ends. Nobody's ever going to read it except for people on the far far outskirts of town. Uh, plus, there's never anything to write. Like what are you going to really write? So. I'm on the field and I'm just kind of trolling for uh, a column and I'm walking by the Cleveland area and all of a sudden I hear Joe, Joe. And I turn around and it's Bip Roberts. Right. Now I had no idea how Bip Roberts knew my name. I, I, you know, but he had been in Kansas city earlier in the year. I don't believe I ever wrote about him while he was there. Uh, I don't think I ever talked to him, but he recognized me or whatever. And he said, Hey man, come here. And I'm like, sure. And I walk over and Bip Roberts, proceeds to spend the next 30 minutes ripping the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> How terrible an organization that is. What a terrible thing. And I just sat there and listened and wrote it down and scribbled it. And he was like, you know. And then it's like, I mean, that is a gift from heaven right yeah. there. Like literally, I ha- and that, that column, I didn't have to write another column. Like who cared about the game right. in Kansas City? All they cared about was Biff Roberts. By the way, everybody pretty much agreed with Biff Roberts sure. about the Royals at that time. But it was it was pure joy. So Fantastic. I will always have a special place in my heart for Biff for Roberts. For Pib Roberts. For Pib for Pib Roberts. Um, yeah. Among the uh, other baseball topics, I think we need to talk about is this: um, you and I, as longtime listeners of this uh, podcast, know make our preseason baseball predictions. They're ninety nine point four four percent accurate I think every year I, I, that was this year that that, that was the, like this last year was so good because it's usually 98.6 but yeah. we went up we went up to 99.44 percent yeah that's right Correct. so um that of course is a joke nothing we say we don't even check to see if we were right it doesn't matter it's all nonsense but yes one thing that i believe we did say which is proving to be true and it's not like it took nostradamus to make this prediction but we both said, I believe, and I'm, I could go back and check, but I'm too lazy to, so I'm, of I'm doing this by memory. But we, I believe both said that the San Francisco Giants were not going to be as good this year as they were yes. last year. And man, were we right. Yeah. Like that, that team, that, the, the regression bug has hit that team so hard. All yes. of these guys all of the Brandon Crawfords and the Darren Ruffs and the <laughs> all the Brandons, and, like the fifty Brandons, uh, fifty Brandons they have, yeah. who these guys who were like had had you know at age whatever thirty four, thirty five, thirty six. It's an old team. Yes. They, these guys all and obviously uh, Posey retired, so yes. that that's one thing. But they're pitching, they're hitting like they've gotten injured. They have their all ev- almost every single guy on that team is having a worse year this year than yes. he did last year. And yes. I don't I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back. I'm just marveling at it how a team can essentially the same team can go from 107 wins to what are they? Are they are they 500 right, right now? Right at like, 500, 42, 41 I think. Yeah, like, like they they're, yeah, they're right at 5. Yeah, 41 and 39, yeah. And they might turn it on and have a better second half and make the playoffs or whatever, I but I but don't think so. I don't so. think so, man. I think no. I think that in it really what it makes me think is like what in an unbelievable fluky year they had last year. Well, Just- I think that's right, but I think one of the things we said during that podcast where we where we made this prediction, um, I I don't think you can under, underestimate how much of the magic was due directly to Buster Posey. I I think we said that at the time that like when like that team without Posey. You know, I don't believe in, you know, I don't spend a lot of time 
believing in, you know, the, the power of a player off the field and leadership. And like, there's a lot of that stuff that I know exists, but it's really hard to quantify. But to me, like he, he just was the thing that made that team go at all times, all through the world series wins all through last year. And he's just gone. It's not like he's like having an off year. He's just gone. And so, you know, I mean, look, did we think Brandon Crawford was going to keep on playing MVP baseball? Probably not, you know, but he's having a terrible year, like a really bad year. Brandon Crawford last year was worth six wins. Yeah, he was. It was a real MVP candidate last year. Yeah, he had an 895 OPS. He had 24 homers. He played a great defensive shortstop as he always does, as he always has this year in uh, almost exactly half of his season last year, a little less than half of a season. He is exactly league average. He is worth a tenth of a win. Like he's he, worth he, a tenth. That's not league average. That's his his point one war. Yeah, is uh is replacement. He's replacement level. level. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's he's right. not even average. He's yeah. t- he's hitting two. His defense has gone down too. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's kind of a bummer. I don't know. Maybe he's hurt. Who knows? But he he's thirty five. He's thirty five. Last year, yeah. last year it was his slash stats were two ninety eight, three seventy three, five twenty two. This year it's two twenty five, three eleven, three fifty six. Three fifty six. He's got ten doubles and five homers in the first half. Like it is, he fell off a table, man. Oof, yes, oof, he, oof. he did. And I and guess Brandon Belt, same thing. Like Brandon yeah. Belt was hurt a little bit last year, but he had an incredible season, and he's been he's he's hitting two hundred five, three twenty eight. 342. I mean, he's slugging yeah. 342. I mean, this is look, if I think honestly, if they did if Jack Peterson wasn't there, they'd be even worse. Oh, they'd be way under five. Jack Peterson is the only guy who's who's really hitting for them. I mean, I guess the thing to say about Crawford is if you look at the years before that, you know, 2019, he was he had a zero war. 2018, it was 2.6. 2017, it was 2.1. You know, back in 15, 16, he was a five four five six win player but but in the last three four years he's been you know two and a half wins is at the most last yeah, year true. last year was this kind of just came the, out of nowhere. the bulb yeah. the bulb burned brightest before it went out now i he has been hurt the, so that is there is something there but this team is not gonna these guys are not getting back to where they were last year like no they, they, this no, is uh, no, that era is over yeah i mean look and their rotation is is actually for the most part, pitching pretty well. I mean, Logan Webb is pitching well, and Carlos Rodon is like a psy candidate, I guess. And, uh, you know, and even even uh, Alex Wood is... Nah, I guess Alex Wood is not pitching well. But um, they're not very good. Yeah. They're just really not. And, and last year was so out of... You know, it was ridiculous. And, you know, we all understand regression of the mean in general. But you get regression of the mean plus losing... Uh, your your star, legendary, you know, leader, and uh, yeah, it goes bad. Yeah, you man, know, it just goes bad. They're not very good. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you look around, and a lot of stuff is coming back. I thought early in the season we had a very big gap, like very, very, very bad teams, like 110 lost teams, and very, very, very good teams. And you know what? That gap is. I guess that always happens during the season. But like suddenly the Orioles are not bad. Like like that does that make any sense to you? The Orioles are like okay. It does make sense. I mean, look, they had a bunch of they've been so bad for so long that they had a good farm system. They had yeah. they had a they had a decent they had pretty good depth in the minors and those guys have come up and they're young now and 
and they're I mean they're not good, but they're not embarrassing. Like they're not no, they're not no. they're not gonna they're not like it's not like fans have to wear bags on their heads, right? No, but Wait, the Marlins are the same way. Marlins are are pretty good. Marlins like are not pretty great, good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. The Seattle's pretty good. Cleveland's pretty good. Like these are teams that could easily have fallen off the map. I think Seattle's. I think Seattle has a good you chance to make the playoffs. Really good. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I I was surprised that they started so slowly, but I think they're gonna. I think they are going to be in contention for a wild card or maybe get into the wild card at the end of the year. Like, I think they're on a very good trajectory right now to me. Um, I mean, the, 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 I was going to say that Julio Rodriguez is, Oh man. Oh, he's so fun. To oh, watch. what a fun player. <laughs> there, there are so many good storylines right now. Individual player storylines. We've got, yes. we've got Buxton back. That's a big right? one. And Big he's deal. been healthy, and he is um, a miracle. He's, he's a miracle he's of a player. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there, is. there is Julio Rodriguez. There's, there are a lot. There, Jordan Alvarez. The, you know, wow. Jordan Alvarez. Guys who sign their first big contract. There's a you know classic story of like you sign your first big contract and then you kind of go into like a little bit of a funk because you're like well I made all my money what do I care right right, right. he went the other way <laughs> he went yes. he launched yes. into the stratosphere the second that that deal was signed and he has not come down yet and I he hit that walk off homer they were down six nothing oh. to the Royals last week and uh, and they came all the way back and then he came I was watching the game. And he came up in the ninth inning with two outs and nobody on. And I was like, oh, this game's over. He's going to hit a home run. He's going to hit a home run. This game's over. And then that's exactly what he did. Uh, How big would you say Jordan Alvarez is? I I mean, you know, look, it's hard to tell from TV. I've never stood next to the guy. but And you don't want to, like, overestimate because, you know, he looks big. But uh, So if I had to guess based on just watching him on TV, I'd say he's probably, like, 7'8". Yeah, 7'8". 7'8", like like 4'50". Four, four, four somewhere, 40, 450, somewhere yeah, in that like range. Yeah, like he's in the yeah. 450 range <laughs> based on how big he looks. <laughs> he's a monster. He's an absolute Terminator. And it's funny. I Here we go. Let's do this. You're a pitcher. Okay. Baseball today, right? Today. Who are the five like most intimidating batters to face? Great question. Great right? question. Okay. There we go. Let's here figure go. this out. Jordan Alvarez is in that group. He's on the list for yeah. sure. I think it's only you, a question of how high. I think you have to put Judge on the list. You have to. Uh, he's, big, bigger he's than Gronk. He's actually 7'9". Yeah, bigger than Gronk. <laughs> he's actually bigger than Gronk. So uh, those two definitely. Then yes. I would say, you know, um, I would say Jose Abreu might be on that list. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's such he's, a beast. It's so enormous. Um, <laughs> who else? Who are we missing? Uh, right, so oh, Pete, yeah. Pete Alonso would probably be up there. Well, especially if, especially if it was a home run derby. Yeah, you just wouldn't even want to be anywhere near. But then there's near. then there's the guys who were like who were not the biggest guys, but are the are and oh, Tani would also you throw him in there. And, but then yeah, but 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 I see I I kind of disagree. Like Otani is an unbelievably great hitter. But I don't think I'm intimidated by him. He's too oh, I am. friendly. No, I just no, he's, he's so, so friendly. He's so big though, and he holds his bat so high. He yeah. looks it's so menacing the way he holds his bat. I, I the the question is who are the guys who are not physical monsters who are scary? Like there's guys like Acuna or yes. Mookie Betts, or even right now at this exact moment, Kyle Schwarber. 
Who, yeah, I was going to say, what about Schwarber? Yeah, who are Schwarber, like... Schwarber brings no physical intimidation. No, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but... No, he, and, he, but he's but, kind of tubby-ish, no? He, he just, well, he just looks very confident to me, like, at the point. Yeah, he looks yeah. like... he Buxton's another one of those guys who, like... And, and Mookie, when they come up, you're like, well, I'm not going to get this guy out. Like, I... Well, you know, but that's funny you should say that, because you know who I think is like that? Even though nothing about him spells intimidation, but the feeling, I'm not going to get this... Like... I would argue in the 80s and 70s, George Brett was as intimidating as anybody. Sure. Not because he was going to blast that 700-foot home run, but because you couldn't get him out. Yeah. You just knew that you couldn't throw it by him. I'd say Paul Goldschmidt is that guy right now. Goldschmidt's up there. That's right? a good one. Uh, I would also say, um, wait, who is the guy I was just thinking about? Uh, oh, shoot, I lost it. But the, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of guys like that who are in that category of like, they're not they're not the biggest guys. They're just guys. Oh, Kyle Tucker is the guy I was gonna say. Kyle Tucker. Kyle yes. Tucker, I when I see him hit, I'm like, well, this guy is gonna get on base. Like there, there's not <laughs> Yeah, there's you're not getting him up. Yeah. Where's Devers on this list? He's he's very high, I would say, amongst pitchers. And the thing about his the thing about him is he's a different he's in the George Brett mold where he's he's a yes. fairly big guy. But he is so aggressive. He swings at everything and yes. and he has this like He's like the he's the Steph Curry baby faced assassin version where you're <laughs> right. like he looks he's very cute and cuddly, but he also just looks like, oh, his hand eye coordination is so good. He has yes. such incredible plate coverage and he will, unlike a lot of guys in the league right now, he will go the other way. He'll hit the ball between second and uh, uh, he'll, he'll hit it up the middle. He'll hit the ball between short and third. He'll double to left. He'll double to right like he'll. He will absolutely take any pitch you throw at him and hit it exactly where it needs to be hit. Well, and and I think if, if we're coming up with a formula for how to determine who the most intimidating hitters are, I think one of the things you put on there is exactly that that they that they won't take a walk. I think that's super intimidating. Yeah, like you're like oh I'll just pitch around him. No, they won't let you pitch around him. You yeah, know? like I think I think that's super intimidating. Um, and I also do think that home runs are overrated in the in the intimidation thing. Not to say that Alvarez and Judge aren't unbelievably intimidating because they are, but I think like there was something like they always said Jim Rice was the most intimidating right. hitter. Or Albert Bell or Or Albert uh, yeah. Bell or those guys. And that's because those guys like hit 50 doubles a year, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it didn't have to be home runs. It was like you're not getting this person out. I think Manny was an unbelievably intimidating yeah. hitter because he was nuts. And he was going to swing at whatever you need to swing at. And he was toying with you mentally at all times. And uh, like, like I'm right now we are talking about this uh, as of this moment, as we are talking, uh, Nick Kyrgios is supposed to play Rafael Nadal tomorrow in the Wimbledon semifinal. Right. But to me, Kyrgios is an unbelievably intimidating. They're both are, but Kyrgios is unbelievably intimidating because you just have no idea. The guy's nuts. You have yeah. literally no idea what you're going to be playing against. So I think having a little bit of that in you also also adds to the intimidation factor. Then and then there's a there's a final category of intimidating hitter to me, which is the the uh, when you go the other way, where you're like, this guy isn't the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the best hitter. He's not the most powerful hitter. But it seems like there's no way to pitch around him. Like yeah. there are guys like Justin Turner was like that in his prime yes. where it was like his eye Especially is in the playoffs. So, yeah. his eye is so good. He will take a walk. Like 
you know, the guy on the old Yankees teams like this was Jorge Posada, where it's like that's yes. that's not the guy you fear the most, but it's the guy who you're just like he can't you can't like get him to chase a bad pitch like he, right like right. that. There's that there's that version too. By the way, let's talk about the Dodgers for a second. The, yeah, the Dodgers are so weird right now because. Everybody assumed they were just going to run away with everything, and they're winning the division. They'll probably win the division. They'll probably yeah. make it to the World it, Series. Probably, right. They'll probably win it convincingly. There is the some the weird day. stuff happening in that lineup. Some, oh, yeah. Some really weird stuff. First of all, they, like guys like, well, Justin Turner, which is predictable. He's 36 or whatever he is. So he's, right. he's fallen off. He has like a 700 OPS right now. Uh, Freddie Freeman's doing his Freddie Freeman thing. Trey sure. Turner's doing his Trey Turner thing, not quite to the degree that he has in the past. But, you know, here, here's one here's one weird thing about the Dodgers. Trey Turner leads the team in RBI. Trey Turner. It's weird. I know. He's like a one or two hole hitter, and he leads the team in RBIs. Then there's like Cody Bellinger hasn't recovered. Okay, explain this to me. That, let's stop on that. Yeah. Because is this who he is? I don't know. Is this know. who Cody Bellinger is? How can this be who he is, though? I don't understand this. It's one of the weirdest. This is shaping up to be one of the weirdest things ever. As a rookie, he has a 933 OPS. Right, and, and, and hit and had that home run 30, stretch where he— 39 yeah. homers. 39 right. homers in 132 games. The following year, he comes back, and he, and it's a, he has 100 points lower as an OPS. Yeah, so it he, was a little off here, but, but yeah. not unexpected. 2019, he has 1,000 OPS, 47 homers, and wins the MVP. Wins the MVP, and the gold glove. And a gold glove, and is worth nine war. Nine! Yeah. Yeah. There are oh, yeah. so few people in the history of baseball who have had True. nine war seasons, especially at age 22 or 23 or whatever he was. Yeah, 23 years old. And then, and you're like, well, this guy is a Hall of Famer. He's going to the right. Hall of Fame. He's he's an incredible defensive outfielder. He has a he's been in the league three years and has been worth 18 or 19 wins or whatever it is. Yeah. Then 2020, the strike shortened season happened, or the COVID shortened season happens. In 56 games, he has a 789 OPS. But look, you're like, okay, whatever. The whole right. world a is lot like down. a second year. That's right. It was yeah. a lot like a second season. Last year, in 95 games, he was negative 1.5 WAR and hit 165. Now, he was injured. He had a bad sure. shoulder thing, right? He, but it was like, wow, this is like, uh, this is embarrassing. He's this guy's no, holding yeah. his team back. This guy is hurting his team. It's almost impossible to be negative one and a half war in so few games. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really bad baseball. Okay, but he was hurt. He was hurt. And then he went to the playoffs and was like, brought a little bit of it back. Yes. And then this year, he has, he's back to, he has, he's been worth one and a half wins, but he has a 669 OPS. That's he has 90 strike. He strikes out roughly one every, th once every three times, almost exactly 90 Ks and 277 at bats. Yep. He's not real. He has 11 homers, which is fine. He's going to hit 22 or something. It's, it's not fine. Not for him. Yeah. Come on. It's not even fine. What? Who is he? Who is who this is guy? He? I don't yeah. understand who he is. If he's a, if he's one of the best players in the game and a nine win, you know what it's like? It's like that year that Bryce Harper had that incredible season yes. and then, yes. and then had this fell off. just absolutely fell off and is now back. So it's like, it's not like Bellinger can ever get it back, but He's only 26 even now. Yeah, he's so young. He's only in his sixth season, and two, one of them was badly injury-plagued, and one of them was the COVID year. 
So you would you think like okay he's better than this, but at some point he's just got to be better than this so that you that we can believe that. I mean, here's the thing: if if this is who he is, he can't start for the Dodgers. <laughs> Certainly in center field. I mean, like the Dodgers have too much talent. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're they're you know I don't even know did, did they sign him or is he is he going arbitration still? Yeah, he's he could be a free agent in 2024. Yeah. So. So they've not signed him. They're just, you know, maybe they signed him to, you know, through his uh, free agency, but that's it. Right. Yes. And, he's got one more and, year. Next year he makes seventeen million, and then he's and then well, then he's arb four. So he's got right. He's got he's got he's seventeen million this year. He's arb four next year, and then he's a free agent. But at this point, you don't you don't pay him if well, you're you the Dodgers. Yeah, you're not. You're certainly not going to sign him long term. You're not that worried about arb four with him. I mean, you know, if he's going to play like this, and then you're definitely not going to sign him. I mean, this is. This is this is so stunning. Stunning, man. He was he was like like if after that MVP season, would it have surprised you if they'd given him a three hundred million dollar deal? No, I mean, look, that's what they did with Tatis. That's what the Padres did with Tatis, right? Is like the, right. you get right. a guy who's twenty two who puts up a once in a generation type year. Like yes. there is a real um, feeling, probably in the organization, of like, well, let's buy out this guy's free agency. Uh, or his his pre free agency years and get like three more years of his free agency and he's really young he'll still be a, he'll sign it because he'll still be a free agent when he's thirty one or something and he'll right. sign another big deal and like I bet they're so happy that they didn't do that holy cow <laughs> I mean maybe they offered it to him and he turned it down I mean yeah he is you know, a he's a Boris guy right he's a so, Boris guy they don't they don't like signing yeah uh, you know especially. It was his third year, so there was not a lot to you know. It's like, hey, we're we're close enough to free agency. I'll bet on myself. Yeah, which is the right call. I just can't. What is he doing now that's so much worse than what he was doing before? I don't know. Obviously, and maybe he's still suffering the effects of that injury. I mean, the thing, the like to the untrained eye, he stands stock straight at the plate. He has the yes. longest swing in the majors. I mean, his swing is like it's like he's swinging so a giant long. push broom or something. Yes, like he, it is crazy. And it, maybe it's literally you know guys as they're uh, as they age and their wrists slow down and their you know their their swings uh but you, but, he, but he's not at that point where it's no but slowing down but he's but he is unquestionably striking out a lot more yeah than he was yeah you know i mean the other thing is did the league figure him out right you know that's that's the other thing about about this but it's it's stunning it's it's truly truly, truly wild stunning. man you know and and the funny thing is the two best players in the national league at that time were Cody Ballinger and Christian Yelich, and look what's happened to Yelich too. Man. Like it's, it's so bizarre. What a game! It's what a weird yeah. game. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very strange game. I think the Dodgers are fine, but but for long term, but you know, losing Bueller is huge. It's really it's big. Huge. It's like it's it ain't nothing. And even though they have got you know, this is the depth of that organization, right? Is like. They went into last year thinking like, man, Tony Gonsolin is our seventh starter. We're right, in really good shape. Right. And now, and you see why they felt that way because now Tony Gonsolin is one of the is going to make the All Star game and is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Might start the All Star game. Yeah, yeah, but but you don't have that endless depth anymore. No, because Kershaw, they, you don't know what you're you going to get. You don't know what you're going to. He'll be hurt again at some point, and and there's the postseason thing that's going to freak everybody out. And you, you know, you get into a short series against a really good team against the Braves or the. I, I'll tell you who would scare me is the Brewers. Like that's like yeah. you, you know you go to the Brewers. You one thing you know about the Brewers is they're going to throw out you know three 
you know, well-rested, great pitchers. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, well no, what about, gonna... honestly, what about the Mets? I mean, this is how crazy it is. Oh, the Mets. What about the with Mets? DeGrom, with a healthy DeGrom? Yeah. Are you kidding? With yeah. Where, you know, you're the Dodgers and you you get into the uh, NLDS and you're facing DeGrom, Scherzer, and whoever, Bassett, if he's healthy, or or Taiwan Walker, who's having a really good year. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't feel confident if I'm the Dodgers playing the Mets against uh, against that against those two guys against Scherzer and Degrom. I do not feel confident in a seven game series at all. No, no, and especially because both of those guys, assuming that that they're healthy, both those guys could go nine. Right. Like if they, you know, I mean, it's not like I mean, not like like okay, well, you play most pitchers. Like okay, the most they're gonna do is pitch seven scoreless or whatever, and then they're going to go to the pen. Those guys could go all the way. Yeah. They, they absolutely can go all the way. And, sure and, would. and by the way, now that it appears that Edwin Diaz has figured out his, his I guess that's thing, true. I guess, he's, you know. Do, do you know, here, this is my favorite uh, stat, my, my current favorite stat in baseball. Do you know what Edwin Diaz's strikeouts per nine is right now? No. 17.8. <laughs> wow. Wow, so so double, basically double the strikeouts. That's right. He is striking out 18 guys per nine innings. He has 66 strikeouts in 33 and a third innings. That's that that's got to be. I mean, obviously, I don't. Oh yeah, that's never happened. Never happened. He won't keep it up in all likelihood. But that is that is insane. He strikes out two out of every three guys he faces. Yeah, I mean, my goodness. One of the things that that's true about this year is strikeouts are down. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Strikeouts are down like pretty, not a overwhelming amount, but I mean, like a half strikeout per nine. Is that what it uh, is? Across baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting thing because runs are not up, but strikeouts are down. I don't, I don't know what the math is on that. I don't know. That means like we're just weak grounders to second. I was going to say we're getting more weak (laughs) grounders to second than strikeouts, which I guess is better. I mean, I don't know which one is, is really better, but, um, yeah, so it's a it's the Mets to me are I think with that rotation, if they have a healthy Degrom, they go in to me as the favorites in the National League. Yeah, in, in the playoffs, that's what Can I. Do you think. believe we're saying series. that about the Mets? This I is know. crazy. The whole world's and you upside down. You, you know what'll happen? The Mets will miss the playoffs. They just they'll <laughs> fall apart completely because they're in the Mets. You know they'll they'll still. Well, you know what? I'm just so happy because for their ownership, it's just so wonderful because it, well, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Good, Good things happen to good people. I think that's what I think that's what this proves. Although I'll tell you what, the Mets suddenly are like what two games up on the Braves. You notice that happened pretty fast. Yeah, that the Mets started so hot and the Braves started so poorly, and I, yeah. I wouldn't at all be surprised to see the Braves overtake them for the division. Absolutely. Like the the you know the the Mets still need like Carlos Carrasco to pitch well every every fifth right. day. That's and, true. You know, that's like true. that's. It's, I just think they're so much better. They're 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 so much better set up for a short series than they are for a long. A hundred percent, yes. And you I know. and I think you still. I think you still probably favor them in a in in the playoffs, even if they're only a wild card. You're still like, well, right. I bet on the I, Mets. Like, yeah, it, it's right. nice to see Lindor. He hasn't bounced back all the way, but he's bounced back from last year. I would say, right? He's thank goodness. Yeah, that's goodness. that's what, good. It was so terrible to watch. You know what's not bounced back, however? Uh, Javi Baez. Yeah. You know, might, I mean, you might, talk about... Might be over for our buddy Javi Baez. I, I don't get it. Like, like first of all, if it's over for Javi Baez, what does he have? How many years left? He, this is the first year of that contract, I mean, so that's not great. <laughs> but, I mean, 
Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor finished 1-2, I believe, in our most fun player thing that we did years ago for MLB. And now, you know, Lindor is still a joy, but he's not the same player. And it's kind of hard to watch Javi. He did have a great tag the other day. I, I yes, I, that. I sent could, that to you, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. I that mean, was fun. The, he's, look, he's, he's exactly the kind of hitter, at least, who does not age well, right? He does. Right. He's never walked. The most walks right. he's ever had in a full season is thirty. Yeah. He strikes out a ton. He's. Yep. Uh, it is. He has had wild variances in his in his um, slash stats because when he was twenty five years old and he hit thirty four homers for the Cubs, he was you know a marvel and was second in yes. the MVP voting and whatever. But, you know, you move from 25 to 29, which is what he is now, and suddenly he has a 605 OPS. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's still striking. He has 69 strikeouts and 260 at-bats. So he's striking out once more than once every once a game, once every four times. Once a game. Fight. Once a game, yeah. And, they, you know, he everybody knows that he swings at everything. And so you know, why throw him a strike? And he's it's it's the reason that this was such a bad contract. Like yes. it's, it's like it's th- this is not this guy is going to be defensively is going to be fine because he's great. But offensively, he was exactly the kind of guy who does not age well. And the rest of the league learned in the money ball era not to throw a ton of money at these guys who swing at everything and never, right. never, ever, ever take walks. And for some reason, <laughs> the the Detroit Tigers went the other way and they gave him an enormous amount of money for an enormous number of years. And he's never, he's not going to be worth it once. He's not, there's not going to be a no, single probably. year where he's worth that money. No, I don't think he is either, but uh, I think that was predictable in in the way we talked about was Corey Seager falling apart. Predictable. I, I don't buy that. He's fallen apart. No, he's still got home runs. He's still, he's still, Providing value, yeah. But he's not. It's not like it's not not the, not the value they're paying. Not for. the value they're paying. Not three hundred million dollars. No. But like, no. Wh- look, Javi Baez is going to make twenty four million dollars in the year twenty twenty seven when he's thirty four years old, right? right? They they gave him a hundred and forty million dollars for whatever it was six years or whatever. Yeah, six years. That that is a worse deal probably than Corey Seager's deal, don't probably. you think? Probably. What about Marcus Semien though? I haven't. The Rangers really, yeah, he's having a terrible is year. He? I mean, he's, he's, yeah, you know, the guy was MVP, also almost MVP in 2019, then a down year, then M- almost MVP again last year, and now he's hitting, uh, you know, he's 671 slugging. I mean, uh, OPS 671 slugging to be fine, uh, 671 OPS, and and uh, um, you know, still playing playing good defense. I'm now. But... I'm going to take this back. I'm sorry, Corey Seager's a way worse deal. <laughs> I'm just looking okay, at it now. Okay. Corey Seager's Corey Seager's I forgot 325 for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So they're paying him 31 million when he's 37 in the year 2031, which is science fiction. Like it, <laughs> it will be lucky if Earth is still around in 2031. Right. There's no question. But that god, what a man, oh man. 2031. Yeah. 2031. Oh my god. All right, so this is a good point. At what point do the Rangers root for the world to end? Figure, <laughs> 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 we just go ahead and get that out of this. I don't want to every have to pay every guys. like uh, every um, disaster movie, every futuristic disaster movie that comes out, the Rangers are secretly hoping that it's pre- <laughs> predictive in some way. 
<laughs> this is some sort of nonfiction thing. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. All right, you know what we need to do because uh, we're closing in. Uh, by the way, there's going to be a second podcast. We are going to do a draft podcast as well. Uh, but closing in, um, you brought this up last time that we were going to finish off the National League in our unofficial nickname right. uh, thing. So if you want to remind people what we're doing here, because I have printed out basically all of our fan suggestions for the teams. Yes. So I think we need to, this is it. We are finalizing that today. Right. We're going through. So unfortunately, uh, I my computer screen broke and I'm on a loner and I don't actually have the, the oh, official no. compendium. But but just to remind everybody, so we'll ha- you'll have to help me uh, remember what we've decided. Yeah, let's see if we can remember. But to, yeah. to, um, to remind everybody what we're doing here, we realized a while ago that some teams in baseball have what I would call, what you would call, unofficial nicknames, like Correct. the Pale Hose for the White Sox or the Halos for the Angels. But other teams did not have unofficial nicknames. So we have set about to designating every team with an official, unofficial nickname. Correct. We are most of the way through the National League. Uh, I would say we've we've completed what have we completed? We've completed the National League West, right? Yeah, let's. I, I think we ought to go through them all and okay. the ones that we've. Okay, so the Mets. So we're starting the NL East. I think that we went with the Miracles for the Mets, right? Correct. Or the Let's Go. Or the Let's Go. It's one or the other. Yeah. Yes, there you can use them either way. And by the way, we should remind people what the scenario is we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You are living in a town. Your buddy comes in from out of town. You say to them. Uh, hey, you you live in Boston. Who are the Red Sox playing? Obviously, if they're playing the White Sox, you go, oh, they're playing the Pale Hose. Yeah. It's, uh, let's go see the know. game. It'll be fun. They're playing the Pale Hose. Pale Hose are in town or whatever. Pale Hose are in it's town. A, right? You're selling so, this as like a fun outing, and you're you're instead of just saying <laughs> they're playing the Chicago White Sox, you're like, come on. Which it's just be, means nothing. Which, mean, right, which is like, right. okay, that's, that's factually correct, but it's more fun. It sounds more fun to use the unofficial nickname. Yes. So we're using the unofficial nickname. So... The Mets, we went with the Miracles or the Let's Goes, uh, which I think are, are interchangeable. Atlanta, we went with the Hammers, mm-hmm. which is what we think should be their real name anyway. Correct. Philadelphia, we went with the Fightins, mm-hmm. spelled P-H-I-G-H-T-I-N apostrophe S, right? The Fightins, which I am told is uh, a name of one of their minor league teams. Yes. Uh, but who cares? We're well, still... it was it was uh, suggested to us by one of our listeners that that invalidated that from being their nickname. I would go the other way and say, no, it's proof that that is it's the actual correct nickname. Exactly. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yes, exactly. Uh, Miami, we, we already acknowledged that they're the fish. Right. And we, we went with that. Washington, we ended up going with, do you remember? Uh... No, <laughs> I th- I thought we ended up picking one for Washington what that we were like okay with. What was it now? I I've, I've... oh the feds, we feds. Them the feds, the feds. Right? I like the feds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the feds. So the Washington is the feds. Into the National League Central, Milwaukee was already the Brew Crew. Mm-hmm. We we just went with that. Cardinals were already the Redbirds. We went with that. Mm-hmm. Chicago Cubs will come back to because we we have not felt like we got a good one, but we have some suggestions uh, with. The Pirates, what did we... Oh, the Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks. Yep. Or Buckos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, with Cincinnati, we went with the Chili. Right. So Sing- Chili singular. Chili singular. Chili singular. Yeah. Who's coming? Who Who are the uh, Who are the Braves playing tonight? Oh, the Chili is in town. Come on. That's they're playing the Chili. Let's go. It'll be fun. Yeah. Let's go. It'll be fun. Right. National League West is where we, we've run into problems. We we still need to pick a, a Dodgers. Uh, the Padres are the Friars, though. We had that given to us already. Right. 
the Giants are one that we have to come up with. Arizona, we went with the Snakes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Colorado was was maybe our least. We, we had the least feel for that one. So we essentially have to pick Colorado, Arizona, San Francisco, L.A., and uh, Chicago Cubs. I think those are the five. So uh, one of our listeners, uh, uh, Curtis Edmonds, is that his name? I believe. I believe so. Thinks that the Giants should be the fog and the Dodgers are the smog. Yes. That's there, pretty there's, good. <laughs> there's something really good about that. I, I really like uh, the other. The other choices for the Giants, uh, Victor Flores calls the things, calling them the say hey kids is kind of a good idea. Yeah, too for, long, for, though. Too long. Oh, we had the Vins or the Scullies was a suggestion for the Dodgers. Oh, right? it was. The Vins or the Scullies. We'll right. come to that in a minute. Matt, the electrician, who's a wonderful musician, um, suggested the Say Hayes, just shortened. Say Hayes is that. good. No question. It's really good. It's really good. few people suggested the tre- the treats, you know, San Francisco, the San Francisco treat, all that. Nah. I I d- so. I, it's funny. The fog and the smog, I think, to me, is the leading contender right now for the Giants and Dodgers. I had a similar idea, which I'll pitch to you. Which, okay. which is it's I it's not it's not perfect, but there's something good about it. Basically, uh, it would be the 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 five north and the five south. Like the five oh, wow. the five okay. north is San Francisco Giants, the five south because that's the freeway that runs the entire length of. You could also do one hundred one north, one hundred one south. One hundred one north, one hundred one right? south. So, like yes. I, but I was I was in the same zone of trying to think of a, a way because there is something good about linking the two teams absolutely because their histories absolutely. are so intertwined great from, rivalry yeah. history entwined and and uh, and came to uh, california the same year so there's like a there's definitely i do like there being you know a name i i think fog and smog is pretty fog good. and smog is hard to beat because part part of it is that it um it is short and pithy right like that's yes part of yes. part of the part of what's important about this is that these are these are short pithy names? Yes. Um, and fog and smog is tough to beat. They rhyme. They the fog is absolutely what you associate San Francisco with. Smog is absolutely what you associate <laughs> L.A. with. Yeah. Yeah. Like five. When I love saying like, oh, who's in town? The fog. Oh, the smog. No, no, no. Fog <laughs> is in town today. Yeah, I'm not even sure that the 101 gets all the way to San Francisco. Oh, I'm looking it up now. It does. Yeah. Okay. So 101 North, 101 South can be the unofficial, unofficial nickname, but the yes. official, unofficial nickname. Maybe within those two cities. Yes, right. They could, they could be, you know, like in LA, if you want to talk about the, yeah, we're talking about the 101 South or whatever, or 101 North. Right. Um, but I say we go with Fog and Smog. That's, that's a that's a Fog and name. Smog is now in the books. Great. Okay, so that's the next one. All right. For Cubs, we got a few interesting choices. Okay. Uh, Edward Alexander thinks they should be the lover, lovable losers. Again, okay. That's that that was theirs for a long time, and then they won a World Series, but they did not wait long before going right back to the old. <laughs> they really Cubs didn't. Way. They really no. they really committed to their old identity. <laughs> I like, um, you know, we 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 talked about the baby bears mm-hmm. as a possibility for the Cubs, and Alexander Khan uh, brings up the great point that because they play in Wrigley Field, they should be the gummy bears, right? Which is kind of fun. Interesting. Kind of fun. We had the we had the Ivy was one of the uh, We uh, had the Ivy and we had the bleachers. We were gonna say the bleachers are in town. Right. Uh, which is sort of okay. Um 
I just think we're just not going to have a great one, and we just have to choose one of these. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird. The Cubs should be obvious, right? I mean, uh, people say Cubbies, but that, again, one of the things we're trying to avoid just repurposing the actual name into the unofficial yes. nickname. Sometimes sometimes you kind of like the, 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 the unofficial nickname currently for the Astros in common parlance is the Strohs, but that's not good. You got, no, it's got to be something not, better than that, right? Yeah, we're not using that. So I can't that. do Cubbies. I mean, Baby Bears is kind of cute. Baby Bears is kind of cute. Gummy Bears takes too long to explain, maybe. Yeah, it's like one degree too far. I mean, I I kind of think the Ivy, in the same way that the Reds or the Chili is good. I kind of like Ivy or I think Ivy or Baby Bears. What do you, you want to go with? I think we go with the Ivy. I, I just think the Baby Bears is super fun, but it's it sounds like a miniature version of the Bears, which is like <laughs> you know, it's like they're not really that connected and and uh, yeah. I say go for it. You know, I mean, there were those that that were pushing for um, for the North Siders, I guess. You know, they, like that that's yeah. back in the directional thing. And again, within Chicago, you can call them whatever you want. But I think outside, I think North Siders, maybe Ivy's in town. North Siders, South Siders will be the in-state equivalent of 101 North, 101 South. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. The Ivy, so it shall be written, so it shall be done. Um, we were really, really struggling. Oh, by the way. We had we had already uh, put in the snakes uh, for for the Diamondbacks, but Eric suggests uh, that we change that to the Rattlers. Yeah, snakes is better. One, I think snakes. If might, one, might. one syllable is better than two syllables for unofficial nicknames for in, unofficial in general. Nickname. You like, want it, boom. It's just, just boom. yeah, playing the snakes. Yeah, the, you just you want it. You want I like that better. I think I think it's better. So we're, so we're left with the Rockies, which is weirdly the hardest one. Very hard because there's nothing there. There's no, there's, no, I mean, there is, there's no history. There's no nothing, you know, I mean, there's plenty of history in Denver, but you know, all right. So, so, uh, Gerino Molina suggests we call them the Dorados, which is Spanish for purple. Okay. So the kind of the purples, right? Eh, all right. Thomas Mitchell thinks they should be the, uh, Blake street bombers, which is perfectly fine. If you live in Denver, the rest of us don't care. Right. Um, Eric W. suggests we go with another singular. We go with altitude. That so far is the one I like the most. I think that's the one I like. You know, they're playing the altitude today. There, there's something very good about that. We we um, had talked about mile highs, but that we yeah. we agreed is more associated with the Broncos than the yes. Rockies, right? And also associated with like things on a plane. So I mean, right. like you know that's I think we ought to avoid sure. avoid that. Other other uh, nominees include the oysters, no. The slopes, no. The peaks, no. Summits, eh. The apex and the stones. They're playing the stones tonight. What do you think of the, that? Because it's Rockies, yeah. Because it's Rockies. The Rockies you know? doesn't mean rocks. It means mountains. Like I, I right, yeah. right. Do you like any of the mountain ones? The only one that the 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 one that's the closest to me is the peaks. Oh, the peaks. Yeah, I kind of like the peaks. Um, but Is but playing the peaks tonight. Yeah, uh, but that's pe- I, I, it. Sounds like P E E K. You know, right, right. I I just again going through our scenario. You're sitting there. You're in Cleveland. Hey, who are they playing tonight? Oh, it's unusual. They're playing the peaks. Yeah, no. no. But yeah. oh, it's unusual. They're playing the altitude. Yes. Yeah, like like uh, let's go to the game tonight. You know, the fog fog's got the altitude in town. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I think I think I think altitude. I'm I'm all in on altitude. I like it. All right. You like yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. Altitude. All right. We have completed the and National League. We've completed the National League. We ought to write this down somewhere, don't you think? Yeah, I mean again, I did. It's just that my this is not my computer. I have my I have a loaner right now. So I'll What is wrong with your computer? I, my screen I my my well, you know what happened was my screen I lifted up my computer screen one morning and there was a red line down the middle of the screen that wouldn't oh, go away. Never good. And I was like, never This good. whatever this is is bad and then about like, you know, fourteen hours later just the screen just died. So it's being replaced. Wow. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, so I'm on a loner, and I don't have access to my Excel spreadsheet, the only Excel <laughs> spreadsheet I've ever opened in my life. Um, but so we're gonna go to so so we're going. Where are we gonna start now for next what time? Where do you want to start? American League West. Let's start the in the American. American League? Let's start in the American League West. So in the American League West, we've got the Halos or the Angels, right? Yep. Angels already done. Halos, uh, Texas, nothing. No. Seattle. There's there anything with Seattle? Uh, the M's, I guess people call yeah, them. That's, no but that's good. not going to work. No, Houston. Houston is the Strohs. Yeah, um, but we're not we're not going. They with really that. should be the Enrons because that needs <laughs> to be there. Well, oh, you know what would be funny? We should call the Astros the Bangers because they banged on trash cans and. Cheated. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, that's the leader in the clubhouse. But that's the we'll... leader in the clubhouse, and then the A's. Oakland has no. No. So no, we have a lot of work to do. Stadium disasters. I know. It's like five, four of the five. So if you want to send in your, your picks, Houston, Seattle, LA, uh, the uh, A's, Rangers, and, and yeah. the A's. So four, four teams, uh, you can send in your choices to us, and we'll – Either see them or we won't. I don't even know. You don't even look at your Twitter uh, stuff anymore. Well, I, I, uh, years and years and years ago, I turned off my uh, responses. I don't see anything that anybody writes me unless I follow you. So how do I, how do I turn off my responses? You can just do it in in your settings. It's but you probably shouldn't. You're a journalist. You need you sometimes ask people questions and have them respond. Oh, I do that. Yeah, I do, can't. do that. I do. Yeah. I do do that. So I, in fact, I, as we go into a, a one, our one last meaningless thing, I should point out. Then I am doing something ridiculous and but kind of fun over at uh, at Joe Blogs, JoePostansky.com. Uh, I came up with this goofy idea where I was going to put together all star teams from uh, sixteen states, basically the top sixteen states, as, as I could defer them and, and uh, figure them. And what we're doing is we're having a sixteen team tournament uh, between all of the states. So all star teams from California versus. All-Star team of Nebraska baseball, and uh, it's turned into a wild thing. And and five minutes after I introduced it, Stratomatic reached out to me and said that they wanted to uh, uh, simulate the games, which they are doing. So super fun stuff. If you want to check it out, have you checked it it's, out? There, it's wonderful. I'm so in. I'm so excited for this. the The first game is people born in California, the one seed versus people born in Nebraska the 16 seed. Now you might think California is going to destroy Nebraska. Then you f- remember that Bob Gibson or actually That's Bob right. Gibson, as Dan Lebedard would say, uh, yes. pitched for, uh, was born in Nebraska. And so suddenly you're like, well, wait a second. Holy cow. This yeah. is interesting. So uh, this, it's a, it's a wonderful idea. Uh, and it's super fun, and I can't wait to see how... Now that Stratomatic is involved and they're actually uh, simulating the games, it's going to be so fun. I encourage all of you to uh, to check this out. It's, it's super cool. Yeah. It's really... like I And again, I did this literally. I was like, one morning, I'm like, oh, I'd love to put together these teams, and I thought I had to write about it. 
had no idea it was going to turn into anything, but it's uh, it's very fun. Well, you know what it reminded me of in a, in a weird way, and I feel like a million years ago, because we've been doing this podcast for 31 years now. Right? 31 this, and a half. 31 and a half years. We started That's We right. started January 1st, 1987 <laughs> or whatever that, whatever right, that is. Right. Okay. So I feel like a million years ago we talked about this, but we at one point said if you made a football team out of graduates from different universities, right, which, right. which university would win? And the surprising thing, because you're, you're immediately thinking, okay, it's— Ohio State or USC or, or Alabama, Alabama or, or whatever, right, right? Right, right, The actual answer might be Syracuse, which is yeah. the craziest thing I know. in the world because just because like Jim Brown went to Syracuse and like they've got Donovan McNabb as their quarterback, they've got like a serviceable, good NFL quarterback. There have been an, an enormous number of wildly good players. Now, it probably wouldn't be Syracuse at this point. Because of death. Probably 30, yeah. 31 years ago when we were discussing this, it might have been Syracuse. Yes. Now it's probably just Alabama because of how many great guys went to Alabama. I guess it is. But here's the thing. Who would Alabama's quarterback be? Right. That's what you have to think. Right. It would probably it's be like, like Joe Namath. It's like Tua or something. Right, it's Tua. <laughs> I mean, it would be like Joe Namath or Ken Stabler or some player from then. It's like, well, that guy can't play in today's game. Right. Like, it's like a completely or, – or they would, but we have no idea how they would play in today's game. And suddenly it's like, uh, what about, uh, you know, yeah. like, yeah, like right. LSU. It, it actually might be like USC or something for that or reason. Michigan. Or Michigan, yeah. Michigan is like, it's so funny. They didn't even start Tom Brady and he might be the reason they actually <laughs> they actually win anything, right? Because it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. So much of the game comes down to quarterback. That's where you'd want to start. You'd want to start as who are the best quarterbacks in history right. and where do they go to school? Right. And Michigan is, is a big enough school, deep enough They'll have a full team to put around them. They'll have great receivers, great defensive players, great backs, yeah, great defensive players. So they've so got Charles Woodson and Desmond Howard, and like because even Ohio State, while they might be better year in year out, who's Ohio State's quarterback? Right. You know, yeah, it's maybe. Well, maybe it's LSU is the answer. Now. I think it's. I think LSU is going to be really tough with Burrow. Yeah. Like that changes. That changes that whole dynamic. Now that they have like a stud, a stud quarterback in the NFL, which they didn't really maybe have before him? Like, who was the best LSU quarterback pre... I mean, I don't know well, the history of football at all. they had a... No, but they did have a number one overall pick. It just... It's Jamarcus Russell did not exactly... <laughs> did not exactly pan out for them. But, yeah, Tennessee with Peyton right. is, is, is going to be a, a real threat. And I honestly think it's be tough for, for Alabama. I mean, Georgia... Yeah, has a you know they're they're going to be they've got really, Stafford really tough. at quarterback. They've got right? Stafford at quarterback. That's that and like Herschel Walker, good. U.S. Senate candidate Herschel Walker is <laughs> <laughs> the running back, which wouldn't count against them in in no in the game. just like I guess O.J. Simpson would still count for <laughs> would, USC would, be, would help USC. Exactly okay, so right. here's here's what I'm going to say. We should revisit this once we're done with unofficial nicknames. Let's yes. let's revisit all time. Well, should we just do this in the in on on Joe Blogs after we do yes. after we finish? Yeah, the, let's uh, baseball let's thing. do it. Our in, next tournament our next will tournament. be college football teams. Uh, I don't know if if, if Stratomatic can simulate those games. Maybe they could. Maybe. I mean, I, the pro. It is interesting though because you think like if you're starting from quarterbacks, you're like, well, Aaron Rodgers went to Cal. Like Cal's not going to have a good team, right? And like. I don't think so, but I mean, all you need is like you have to just fill all the positions. 
And can you fill but all that's positions? why, you know, that's why teams like Notre Dame and Michigan and places like that are going to have the advantages because they've been around well, for Notre so- Dame is going to be super tough because I love Joe Montana. The Montana's a quarterback. They have a million red Jerome Bettis, a million running backs. Yes. And and they've been around for so long that they certainly have enough great like all star caliber, all pro caliber all defensive players. players. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it's going to be a team with a with that's been around for 100 years and that's been good. What for about Texas? Years. Interesting. I just don't know who their quarterback is. Vince is Young. Vince Young. <laughs> I was gonna say some first one to come to mind, but oh, I guess you no. Know, like, what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma would be Oklahoma really. Oklahoma really would be but, good. But the, even though they've had a bunch of quarterbacks win Heisman's, none of them. I mean, other, Baker Mayfield might be their quarterback. Sam Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford. <laughs> I guess Kyler. Kyler. Murray Kyler. Kyler's a Kyler's you know, their quarterback. Yeah, is probably your quarterback. So. All right, this is so much fun. We're going to do this. All right, this will be our next Joe project. The, uh, at, we're going to do this on Joe Blogs and combine it into the podcast. Great. So I think that'll it's going to be awesome. All right, time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast whoa, it's one last whoa. Why don't you start? Uh, so for a Christmas this past year, my mother-in-law gave me a lovely present, which was... Um, a watch, that, a very nice watch um, that had been given to my father-in-law, the late Regis oh. Philbin, as yes. as a as a present from someone she didn't even remember who. But when you know he he passed away now a couple of years ago, and um, and in the process of organizing all of his stuff, she found this like wa- never before worn, like very nice watch, not like a Rolex wow. or something, but just like a very right, nice right. watch. That um that he had never worn, and so she was like, you know, I thought you would like this. It looks like something you'd wear. It, it and it and it does. It's a it's a very nice, uh, handsome watch, and I wear watches every day. Yes. So um, so I was very grateful. It was a very lovely gift, uh, very thoughtful, and and it's nice to feel connected to my father in law and to wear something that even if it wasn't his watch that he wore every day, it was still like, oh, this was my father in law's watch, right? Nice, nice yes. thing. So it was. It didn't work, and um. And uh, I assumed that was because it had a dead battery because it had probably been sitting in its box for some number of years. So finally, I recently, uh, you know, six six months, seven months after Christmas, I finally brought it to a jeweler and said, hey, I need this watch uh, battery replaced. And so the guy replaced the battery. And, you know, you have to like when they're waterproof watches, like you can't just do it yourself or it it, like breaks. It has to be resealed so that it gives properly waterproof, whatever. So we replaced the battery and it still didn't work. And he was like, huh? And so he then was like, uh, let me keep this overnight and I'll poke around and see what's going on. So uh, I, so he messaged me the next day and uh, he was like, hey, this thing, there's like a, a part of this watch. It's not expensive, but there's like a part of it that seems broken. I need to order it from the manufacturer and it should cost like 60 bucks. And I was like, great, go ahead. That seems fine. So he did that and then it still didn't work. And so he was like... <laughs> All right, hang on a second. And he and he like looked even further and was like, "Okay, yeah, there's a more serious problem with this, and it's it it can totally be repaired, but because it was like 
I think it was given like to my father-in-law like a decade ago. And so yeah. the this kind of watch isn't even made anymore. They don't even make it. Yeah, anymore. and so it was like, okay, this is, here's what's going to happen and I can I do you want me to continue with this? And I was like, no, it is this is important, I mean, whatever. And to make a long story short, it's this Christmas present to me is now going to cost me like 450 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> just to like get it up and running and wow. and i and i i'm look i'm happily gonna write the check right like uh, I, it's uh, because it it's the the importance of this is is goes beyond the cost of it, it but it was, it's just a funny thing that like this very thoughtful connection that my mother-in-law has created between me and my late father-in-law is now just a like a money pit <laughs> the money total money pit <laughs> there are no guarantees at the end of 450 that's the, that watch is gonna be no working. no I, no he's he's all. fairly confident that it's gonna it's gonna be okay that it's gonna work ever and it'll be fine i'll find out in a couple days but it's just it was it's just a funny like uh the, you know it's a no good deed goes unpunished kind of a i thing. love it yeah oh it's so good yeah. that's so good All right, my one last meaningless thing is, so I have been working at home for 15 years, maybe, 10, 15 years. I work at home. And that's a great thing. It's a great privilege to be able to work at home. But it also stinks to work (laughs) at home. Like, like there's like, it's like, it's, I'm lucky people would look at me and say, what a great thing. You don't even have to go anywhere. You can just wear whatever you want, work at home. Um, but basically stuff is always happening at the house. Even, even though my wife works now and is out of the house and the girls are, are, you know, going to school or, or going to college or whatever, there's still always stuff happening here at the house. Like there's, you know, people come to fix stuff, the dog's barking, going crazy. Mm -hmm. Things are always going on. And so I made a decision I'm getting an office. Oh. Like I'm like I'm going to move out of of here and and get an office. So I said to my wife I was going to get an office and she was like, "Well, you've been talking about it for years, you know whatever." So I did. I found a place pretty close to the house. It's like one of those like it's not a WeWork, but it's like something like that where basically you get an office in in a little office park where nobody knows anybody and and whatever. Okay. So I get the the office and I was like, um, you know, this is it's kind of a waste of money. You know, I mean, I have this thing in my house and and I have like, you know, plenty of room and I can just do this. And I feel like I, I felt guilty about it. OK, so I believe that was 19 days ago. And so I said to myself, in these 19 days, I'm going to do a check mark every single time I'm thinking to myself, man, I wish I was in an office instead of great here. idea. Right? right. 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 Just to kind of get it. I believe in 19 days, I'm up to 250 check marks. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have no regrets now. Literally five times a day, at least something happens. The doorbell rings. I'm in the middle of a call. The dog's going crazy. Uh, the girls come running in and, and asking where I'm taking them to lunch. I mean, like, like it's constant, constant. So I am, I am, this is so meaningless, but I am getting an office starting August 1st. I'm very happy. I, I, I sympathize. I think everybody who was forced to work from home during the pandemic knows exactly what you're talking about. I certainly yes. do. There is a night and day difference between being in a remote location where you are at least alone with your thoughts and you have peace <laughs> and quiet and and being yes. home where there are guys with leaf blowers across the street <laughs> that are like that are drown out your thoughts and there are the doorbell right. rings and you have a 
Uh, we have a dog walker who comes over sometimes and the doorbell rings and the dogs go crazy. And the, like that, all this is so familiar to me. I think it's familiar to everybody who has had to work at home during the pandemic. I think this is a great move. I fully support it. Congratulations Thank on you. your office. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I it was it was really like I've been thinking forever, but always I was like, that's such a waste of money. I mean, it's not cheap to have an office, whatever. Uh, and then it's like, I will spend any amount of money to be able to like, you know, just mm-hmm. get out of this house. And the funny thing is my wife only started like last year. She went back to work. She works for a uh, nonprofit, uh, that teaches kids to read, which is really cool. And she like goes to the office and I've been convinced like, like she never brings this up, but I've been convinced that secretly like she knows the greatest thing in the world is she's getting to leave the house. Like, 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 see, I just imagine her like getting in the car and being all giddy and like going to the office and then, you know, having to deal with work or whatever. But just like, that is the best moment of her life. And, and she denies it. I've said this to her. She denies it, but I know it's true. So I'm, I'm getting my own office. I'm very excited. Fantastic. Well, keep us updated. I will. I'll keep you updated on the office. And how many uh, how and how many checks you put into your checkbook, your checkmark book. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to keep up with the check marks. <laughs> and uh, as, as as we are all dying to know uh, what's happening, what's going to happen to the watch. By the way, no no legend uh, jerseys come over the last couple no, of weeks? No, except for the one that a friend of the podcast, Jason Kander, <laughs> sent me over the Kansas City Hustlers. Uh, you know, what has been very funny. So just, uh, one la- last thing to mention before we go, once again, this is a nonprofit, uh, a not for profit enterprise. The podcast we are donating, yes. we donated our first $10,000 we made to the new leagues museum, uh, which you can visit at nlbm.com or org. I always forget. Um, yep. the new, uh, charity we've chosen is the veterans uh, community project, which, uh, is run, uh, Jason, our friend Jason Kander is the head of National Expansion. It's a wonderful organization. You can visit it at their website, which is just their name, .com or org. I forget. Um, yep. And so we had Jason Kander on recently, uh, if you didn't hear that, uh, to talk about his new book, which is now out. His book is available for purchase. Yes. yes. Um, and Invisible Storm. Invisible Storm. Invisible Storm. They're available on, uh, on everything. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's an amazing, it's book. a great, great book. We had, so we had him on to talk about the book and, um, and mostly what we did was make fun of him for bragging about his OPS and his adult men's <laughs> and, fast pitch wood bat uh, and, baseball league. And the, un- and the unbelievable waste of, of, uh, of statewide funds. That's right. He, he did when he was we, Secretary of State, which, which he, he basically just spent the whole time sending. Very casually so, admits to in the book, um, among other things. But um, what was what I really have enjoyed is as he's been making the rounds and doing a bunch of interviews and a bunch of press for the book is that his adult men's fast pitch wood bat baseball league comes up in every interview. He All does. of them. Every, every single one he will bring up with. And someone tweeted recently, like it was like within eight minutes of the of the interview about his book, he was talking about his adult men's fast. No, pitch like with Mark Maron. Like, yeah. how would that even come up with an interview with Mark Maron? Oh, by the way, since we're talking about me and war, uh, yeah. my war is like now 4.5. I mean, you know, like it's. Fan, it's, just fantastic it's, and it, it's so wonderful. this is all by the way just build up to this year's holiday draft which will be coming oh in december gosh. we don't know what it's going to be yet but uh but uh, this is uh, uh probably going to be 
Every year, the holiday draft gets bigger, more unwieldy. We always add a person. We always, we add, always a person. add at least one. And so it's going to get bigger and more unwieldy and less uh, and less understandable yes. than, oh, than yes. it was before. But I literally can't wait to see what nonsense Jason Kander brings to this year's <laughs> holiday draft. Truly, it's going to be because epic. we were and not to make this a preview of the holiday draft, but we were all very disappointed with usual troll Alan Sepinwall. Yeah who decided to play it straight last year for no reason. Maybe maybe he just saw that Jason Kander was the true the true troll. Like maybe he's like I can't compete with well, this. Well, what we should really do is somehow rope in Levitard. That would be the real the Oh, real. Yeah, okay. Levitard might Levitard might be our our next ad. He might absolutely be our next ad. And just absolutely just uh, uh throwing a massive wrench into the works. But I got to say that the last few ads we've had have been wonderful. Yeah. Jason Kander was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Alexa, uh, Alexis that we wonderful. did. Uh, Alexa, Ellen, wonderful. Ellen, Ellen Adair, wonderful. Ellen Adair, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so Levitar really does feel like the next <laughs> ad. <laughs> he would hate it so much. He would He would literally be so, he would like quit in the middle. He'd be so like, this is so stupid. And let's face it, he brings stupid with him, but but he not that level. No, this, if, this this I don't think he would be truly prepared for how for how annoyed he would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, he would be perfect. All right, all right, we're going to go do our uh, our draft now. So uh, please join us, Mike. As always, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me, Joe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.